It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 18 of the Hockey News Sleepers and Keepers Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Chen, and joining me is Michael Amato. How are you doing? Doing well, sir. How are you? I'm surprised to see that you're still alive considering the uh, Canucks-Leafs game on Saturday. How'd you yeah, like that one? The Canucks Super Bowl there. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> It was a, It was an exciting game, I thought, um, back and forth. Vancouver looks really good, really fast. Um, yeah, I just think um, Demko was probably the difference. I think if the go- he the usually the, is, but if the goalies I, were flipped, the Leafs might have won like nine two or something. But well, like, the, see, the problem is our third line is so much better than whatever bottom six you have. Yeah, I, I think I, that's the big difference. And you guys again didn't play well in the first period. The Canucks no. kind of fell asleep in the second. I bet Sheldon Keefe said something. The but Leafs probably wanted that uh, that 10 p.m. Eastern start. Not that <laughs> the Canucks fans are always complaining about. Yeah, it, I don't get it. Like, why are we catering to the Leafs? But anyway, I digress. But Martin Jones started, allowed uh, six goals, I believe, and then um, took the loss again. Leafs are reeling. Are you concerned at all, both from like a fantasy standpoint and as a Leafs guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, Martin Jones, it's starting to feel like he's looking like Martin Jones again. And the hot runs over. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good few weeks there. Um, he seems like he's given up at least one bad goal a game, if not more, uh, you know, against Calgary, I thought too, he got pretty fortunate on that, on that one that was, uh, called back because he was pretty, pretty bad on that one too. So they got lucky there, but yeah, he's just, you know, you can't blame the guy. He's he's clearly what he is help yeah like he's clearly what he is at this point he's a probably a third goalie you know getting a few games when he should but he you know probably is not to be counted on to play you know as much as he's been playing and i don't think when the leafs signed him this summer they expected him to be in this role i think they just thought okay if someone gets injured we'll just call him up for a week or so and he'll kind of you know play backup duties but yeah he's you know you can't fault him i think he's the leafs are still in a playoff spot probably because of him right like to this barely. point yeah barely but i mean it could be a lot worse if you know if it was any other third goalie because there's there's some bad ones out there so he's got the men but yeah i think if you're a least fan now you're just kind of praying that uh joseph wall gets back <laughs> as soon as possible <laughs> well so we're recording this on a sunday um the leafs and light or sorry the red wings and lightning are playing tonight so Potentially, the Leafs could follow the wild card spot, but they are playing the Kraken tonight, second half of a back to back. Ilya Samsonov is expected to start. Now, I think I think this is interesting. I think this is kind of a pitiful, pivotal game. Um, usually, it's not on a West Coast swing like this. But if Ilya Samsonov plays tonight, do you think the Leafs continue to roll with him and maybe keep Jones on the bench? I think that actually is a possibility. Like, like not, like <laughs> does that not, scare you? How much does that maybe, scare you? Maybe not roll with him, but I think he could get back into more of a regular ro- rotation. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, just 
the point you made there about this being a pivotal game, I think that's something the Leafs really aren't used to. Like literally for the last, since Matthew's rookie year, virtually by like the new year, they've been guaranteed pretty much a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And not long after that, they've kind of had home ice. So they really haven't had to, you know, play meaningful regular season games, being a playoff race for a long time. So I think like, I actually think it's going to be fun, like to watch some of these games down the stretch, like scoreboard watching. Um, yeah, well, we'll see how Samsonov does here tonight. Obviously, he gets, you know, an opportunity because Jones hasn't looked great. And yeah, I mean, they, the Leafs have the Jets twice next week. That's not, yeah, not going to get any home. easier. That's tough. So the Jets don't give up much. So you're going to need a really good goaltending performance to win either of those games. So yeah, I think if Samsonov has a good start, I don't know why you wouldn't go back to him for the next game at this point. So in any fantasy matchup, I'd say I'm not afraid to start any of like the Matthews, Marner, Nylander. doesn't matter if it's Demko or, or Hellebuck in net. They're going to do well. Yeah. What's killing them is the golting in the defense. And so with the Kraken kind of reeling now, I think they've lost two or three straight. I wonder if it's just two teams that's just going to be in this really rough game where they're trying to find their legs. Um, Toronto with the travel Seattle just had two days off we'll see what happens there uh, I did get a question on Twitter uh, this is from JD uh, he asks I'm holding Samson off waiting to see what's happening but thinking of swapping him for Gustafson who was recently dropped this is an interesting question because I don't think the wild are good so John Hines and that new coaching bump has totally worn off Agreed. I yeah. do think Gustafson probably still has more value for the rest of the season um, because I see him probably getting more starts. But what's your take on Samsonov's uh, rest of season value, like especially when Wool comes back? Yeah, so I'd probably agree with you about Gustafson, I think, especially with Flurry kind of going down He's the other old. day. Yeah, yeah, and maybe he gets dealt at the deadline. I think Gustafson's going to play more than Samsonov, but at the same mm -hmm. time, the Wild are a lot worse than the Leafs, so when like Augustus has been really bad lately like uh so yeah he had that little stretch where he was good and now he's bad again yeah so i mean if you're looking for playing time Gustafson's your best option um the thing about samsonov is these games are pretty pivotal because when wool gets healthy like who are the leafs gonna go with as their number two right like if if wool's healthy tonight you're probably keeping martin jones as your backup but if you know, over the next couple of weeks, if Samsonov can kind of outplay Jones and maybe he works his way back in there, because you got to remember Samsonov's, you know, making 3 million and something like mm -hmm. if the Leafs aren't going to use him. Like they're probably going to want to try and get rid of that money at the deadline to somehow. Yeah, But I mean, like who's going to take him, right? And well, also you if could... you demote him, you don't save that much. You don't save the whole cap hit. No, you don't. But what I'm saying is if, if they've decided that, Hey, Jones is going to be our backup, like they're going to start actively, trying to you know get rid of that that money that cap hit in some kind of a trade right so mm -hmm. i think if samsonov you know is going to have any hope of finishing the season here these next probably couple weeks are critical after the all-star break because wool maybe you know i don't know when wool's going to be back maybe early february or something like that so i think it's pretty critical to see because that number two goalie on the leafs probably is still pretty valuable in fantasy um yeah i so mean whoever gets that this is going to be important I, I think Wool's going to get the majority of the starts, obviously, when he yeah. comes back. But with the high constraint, it's always tough to say. I'd actually venture to say that if Samsonov plays well against the Kraken and gets another start in another game and that he plays well then, I think he's the number two over Martin Jones. Yeah, I, I could I could see that being a possibility. You know, mm -hmm. Samsonov just has to string a few good games together. And, 
you know, I think now Leafs are probably looking at it differently too. At the start of the year, I think they were looking at it as maybe like a timeshare with Samsonov mm-hmm. and Wool. I think now it's sort of like who's Wool's backup. So you're not yeah, going to rely on Samsonov as much. So yeah, I think if he has God a- forbid <laughs> Wool struggles when he comes back. Well, you got to remember the, the guy like hasn't played a lot of NHL yeah. games. You can't just, you know, the one, the one good thing about the injury is like, he's, he's getting some rest time, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no way he could play wool, like, you know, 60, 65 games this year. He's just, yeah. he's not ready for that. But now that he's sat out so much, like he can p- probably play a little bit more down the stretch, which is, which is a benefit. Right. So yeah, th- I think the Leafs are definitely gonna, you know, not want to push him too hard though, heading in, you know, hopefully for them heading into the playoffs. Yeah, we'll get to overplayed uh, goalies in a bit, but I want to start off with some news. Uh, the New York Islanders uh, replaced Lane Lambert with Patrick Waugh. Now, I don't think Patrick Waugh is going to you know, solve the Islanders' problems overnight. They are playing today against the Stars, but I do have hope that Elias Sorokin can turn it around. He hasn't been that great, and it's not really his fault, I would no. say. I think, it, I think the team in front of him, especially defensively, hasn't been good. Um, what's your take on the wall hiring and, and do you think Elias Sorokin can turn it around or at least post better stats? So I think, I think it can only help Sorokin. I, I feel mm-hmm. like he lately, he's the player that I've been getting the most questions about. Like people, what should I do with Sorokin? Should I mm-hmm. give up on Sorokin, trade Sorokin? Because, you know, he's frustrating people, but if you actually really break down his numbers, like you said, it, it's not on him. It's on the Islanders. It's on the Islanders D. You know, like when I checked the other <laughs> when I checked the other day, I think Thursday, they were 31st in the league at shots allowed. Bare, barely ahead of the Sharks, like just barely. Um that's pretty bad. And if you look at Sorokin's stats, like his save percentage is actually decent, but his goals mm-hmm. against is above 3. So that tells mm-hmm. me it's a goalie that's playing fine that's just facing way too many shots, right? And yeah. he's and he's going to only get sporadic wins because you know, when you're that bad defensively, you're not going to win all the time. So I think hopefully Wah, who, you know, coached a pretty good structured team there in junior, hopefully he can bring some of that here. And th- like the Isles don't have to be that much better defensively, probably because they're so bad right now that to help, to help Sorokin, right? Like they just have to be a little bit better. I think walking. I, I think they have to be consistent. So yeah. like some of the defensive breakdowns are just baffling and it, it's just tough to watch. And I tweeted this. Uh, the night before uh, Raw was hired, it was like, if you're just simply a hockey fan, some of these mistakes are really inexcusable. And granted, they've dealt with injuries. Uh, Pulak and Pelik aren't, you know, the shutdown guys they are anymore. And Dobson being a young guy, he's going to make bad pinches once in a while, right? It's just something you have to live with. Um, but for a guy who traded for Sorokin a few weeks ago, I'm really hoping he turns it around. Um, I'm really hopeful. I'm really interested to see what happens here. Uh, not surprising to me though, Lula Morello went with like a veteran sort of guy that uh, has been around the league for, for a long time. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm well, really and, yeah, and, and Patrick was obviously, you know, one of the greatest goalies of all time. I, I mm-hmm. highly doubt he's going to stand for, you know, letting his goalie hang out to dry. Like the way, the way <laughs> he has been all, you know, all season pretty much. Like yeah. if you look at last week, like I think Lane Lambert, said i think it was against the wild he he basically pulled sorokin after the second period i think it, they were down like three nothing mm-hmm. only but he mm-hmm. said like he, he he had already faced like 30 something shots after two mm-hmm. periods so he's just like i'm gonna save him 
um, and just get him out of there. And then the next night he played again, he, he faced like another 30 something from Winnipeg. So mm-hmm. they're just giving up a ton of shots right now. And, and I don't think why is, is going to kind of stand for that. I think he'll, he'll probably improve them in that area. Yeah. Uh, on a side note. So uh, the Avs had Semyon Varlamov uh, when Patrick Wall was coached there. Uh, do you think that maybe that is a player that might get more playing time? Maybe Wall just knows him a little better, trusts him a little bit more. So uh, gives Varlamov a little more starts down the stretch. It's possible, but I would only see it if they're trying to like rest Sorokin a bit more, keep right. him fresh um, in that scenario. Um, but I, you know, I think the Isles are probably going to be like a lot of teams in the East fighting for a playoff spot all the way through here. So they're going to need, you know, Sorokin as much as possible, but he has faced a ton of shots. So yeah, I can see them working him in a little bit more. That wild card race in the East is going to be so interesting. I, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It is. It's looking really good. It's yeah, really yeah, yeah. Uh, the other big news: Corey Perry uh, hasn't made it official yet, but he's expected to sign with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I'm wondering about the fantasy value for Corey Perry. Um, I look at the Oilers and I look at their team, and the only players that have any fantasy value to me are the top six, and any role player that plays up the lineup. And maybe I'm just haunted by Connor Brown, (laughs) but I just don't see Perry having much fantasy value as much as I want to believe it. I think Hyman's maybe like the one kind of one role player who might score a lot of points, but not Perry, not Fogel, not Connor Brown. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about Fogel later um, in our sleepers and keepers because I actually think he's been pretty good lately. He's in a mm-hmm. good spot right now. But yeah, I agree with you about Perry. Um, I I think he's a bottom six player. I think he's arguably a fourth line player at this point. Um, that's oh yeah, kind of where for he's sure. Used. Except on Chicago. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and I think with the Oilers, like you said, their you know their top six uh, forwards are valuable. Um, Bouchard is valuable because he's on that mm-hmm. top power play. And yeah, it's, it's whoever's basically, you know, you're going to have uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, uh, Hyman, and Evander Kane. And that whoever's that sixth forward on that top six is going to have value. Right now it's Fogel. But yeah, I don't see Perry claiming that spot. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is probably a low-level signing for them. Something to add, you know, to their, their playoff uh, quest here. And, you know, they might add somebody else at the deadline or something. But yeah, I think right now Perry is probably not fantasy relevant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh the other news uh, i thought that was interesting was on wednesday Arturi lekkinen is expected to return for the avs can't come at a better time with valeri nachishkin uh in the player assistance program who knows how long he's going to be missing in action but lekkinen i think available in like 80 percent of yahoo leagues he's a guy you want to pick up right Yep, definitely. Um, I think with it, like you said, with Nchishkin out, he's going to go straight into the top six. I think the most interesting thing here is what does it mean for Jonathan Druin? Um, been a little quieter the last few games. No, he's I not know. playing 28 minutes. 21 yeah. instead of 28 minutes. I know the Avs only played twice this week. Um, so a lot of people were saying, should I drop Druin? Because they're worried about Lekin and taking his spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happens right away. Um, but that's a concern I would have if I was rostering Druin. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, do they keep Rantanen and McKinnon together, together. now with, with yeah. Lekkanen back, or do they drop uh, Rantanen down to play with Lekkanen, you know? So, which would also hurt Druin, you know, by default. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how those lines shake out the first couple games. Yeah. I think at the very least they can go 12 and 6 again. 
So Sam Malinsky probably comes out on defense, and then maybe one of Mileswood or Logan O'Connor drops down the lineup. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, it'll, you know, the Avs have kind of been, their top six has really been in flux all year, and they're trying to find something. So, you know, it, it seems like they're always missing one player out of that group. It's actually amazing that they're this good, eh? With just basically two players on their offense. Well, McKinnon's unbelievable. Like, I was talking yeah. to someone the other day about, like, in like obviously there's players you, you fear playing in real life, but in mm-hmm. fantasy, like, is there a player you fear like right now more than Nathan McKinnon, like just I, McKinnon, yeah, I was yeah. playing against McKinnon this week. He had four games and just like, you feel like you're gaining ground in a matchup. And then you just like, you feel like you're just chasing again. Every time McKinnon <laughs> steps on the ice, like five points the other night, you know, like he's just, he's unbelievable. Um, he just, and, okay. And he so a lot of categories on that note, going into next season, where, where do you have McKinnon ranked? It's really interesting because, Drysaddle's having a down year. For, oh, I, for, I don't think Drysaddle has a shot, but I'm t- I'm thinking more like McKinnon or McDavid. No, I think it's still McDavid. I, I think I think McDavid. I think it's more for number two. Like okay, I, I, I think, think McKinnon's way better than Drysaddle. Uh, I, right now, yeah. Like, but going into the season, I think most people had Drysaddle ranked at two. Not not everyone, I would say. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen a few McKinnons, but I think next year you could you could probably go McKinnon there. It's funny because Drysaddle might actually be. Like it sounds weird, you might actually get kind of a steal with Drysidle because he's on pace for I think in the nineties for points, mm-hmm. or he was the other day, um, which is w- way below what he normally does, right? Like, yeah, he, yeah. like this year you're, you're probably, still getting a really good player, right? Right, but I'm saying a lot of people are probably regretting Drysidle a bit this year because yeah. you could have had like Kucherov or McKinnon, yeah, or Pedersen, right? Like Drysidle may or may not hit hundred this year. He, he might if he if he picks it up a bit. But he's not going to get 130, probably like he, you know, like yeah. he can, right? So next year, I wonder if Drysaddle slips to like three or four, and you end up getting like an incredible steal there. So would you take Drysaddle or Pedersen then next year, or who would you rank higher? I guess uh, it's tough to say right now. I I think Jack Hughes is up there too if he's healthy. Oh, right? okay, yes, like, okay. Um, and then there's Matthews if you if your league weights goals heavily. Like how do you, you know it's 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 hard to say right now, but. I think I would probably if I was if I was going my top three right now, I'd probably say McDavid, McKinnon, Drysidle still. And then like oh, okay. uh Pedersen or Hughes and then Matthews or Pasternak right there after. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. Okay. And there's Kucherov yeah. too, right? Like it Yeah, Kucherov's yeah. always great. I know. Kucherov, I think for a couple of years he missed a lot of time. So people yeah. kinda got scared Slept of him, him. and he, and, yeah. he, and he slipped a bit. But yeah, if he's healthy, he's just unbelievable. Yeah, and we'll have to see what happens in the off season, right? Like yeah. Stamkos leaving Tampa could have implications. Yeah, God knows Vancouver's hoping Pedersen resigns. Yeah. The, the lightning could actually be an interesting team. Like they could yeah. kind of be looking at a, I don't know if it's a full rebuild, but kind of a, a with point and Kucherov still being that age. I, I can't see it. And Hedman and Sergachev and Vasilevsky too. I, I, I really can't see it. I can see a Pittsburgh <laughs> thing where they just like, try to stretch out this window for as long as they can well they have a like kucherov a lot of these guys are 30 now right like you know yeah i mean, I mean that's not ancient, right? I mean, no but i'm saying like if you're out of if you're capped out and you're out of young assets it it's going to be hard to win like that right like <laughs> tell that to kyle dubas and yeah Pittsburgh, no right? it is right like it, it's going to be because they and the lightning i mean they don't have many draft picks they don't have no. their cupboards are pretty bare right so it'll yeah. be interesting to see what they do yeah all right, uh, enough on that. Let's go back to overplayed goalies. You kind of mentioned this before. Uh, one goalie that's kind of 
of concern to me and you is Cam Talbot. Yeah, super concerned. <laughs> At this point, imagine going to the playoffs with David Riddick as your number one. I mean, <laughs> Calgary did it a couple of years ago. And <laughs> look what happened to them. Yeah. Look where they are now. Um, I think David Riddick is on a hot run. I think yeah. LA plays pretty good defense normally. So there's fantasy value there. Yeah. But long term, I mean, we've got like 30 something games left to go. I'm not really trusting Cam Talbot. The workload has been intense. I think yeah. LA is probably going to swing a trade for a goalie. And if that happens, like I can't see Talbot just like being uh, back in the starter seat. I think that's going to be like a one A one B situation or a fifty fifty split. Yeah, I actually wrote about this this week. I I was kind of shocked looking at. I didn't realize Talbot already had thirty appearances this year. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, he, that's quite a av- bit, right? <laughs> he's averaged thirty six in, in each of the last four years. Like he hasn't. Yeah, yeah. So he's not the workhorse anymore. Yeah, and there's still half a season to go. So that's a lot for him. Um, I thought it was really telling on Saturday night that game against the Rangers that Riddick got that start. Um, I figured he would get that start because he's just been playing so much better. And I feel like yeah. Cam Talbot maybe just needs a reset. I don't know if he needs a reset. Or it's just too much for him. But he did lose, like he did lose on Thursday, right? So mm-hmm. it was a, he played well, but I thought they would go back to Talbot and then mm-hmm. give Riddick because they're playing San Jose Monday, and I think Riddick is starting again um, to, uh, Monday night. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if Talbot can work his way back in there um, because you know if they do trade for a goalie. I think it's I think it's probably good and bad for Talbot. He'll play less, but his numbers maybe will be better because he'll be fresh. Maybe right? Yeah. So he goes to like a one B situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's really taken a turn. Like he he was carrying my goaltending uh, for the first half of the year. Like I had I had him in Markstrom, and Markstrom was kind of hurt and a little bit iffy. Now Markstrom has been playing a lot better, and I grabbed Joey Decord. And now suddenly I'm thinking like, is, am I dropping Talbot Joey here? Decord. Yeah, like Decord's been great. So I think a lot of people are suddenly looking like, do I just drop Talbot now and, and add a skater or add something uh, else? Like, it's, it's tough. I think there's trade value for Talbot, no? At this point, it's 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 pretty bad. Like, when you have a goalie that has played as, as bad as he has in the past few games, and he's not playing right now, and it, he mm-hmm. looks like he's losing his job, and there might be a new goalie coming in there, I don't think his value is very high. You could try and trade him, but yeah, you probably should tra- obviously try and trade him before you drop yeah, him. Yeah, but yeah. I think if you need a, another streamer, you have to consider it. I probably would hold him like for another week here. I mean, think about the Kings. They're, they're in a division with like some bad teams, right? Like you mm-hmm. got the Sharks, you got the Ducks. So like you can get a really good teams. It's true. But if you can get a few of those starts a month, like if you can get a Ducks, a game against the Ducks or the Sharks, like that's, that's, pretty good value to, to hang on to but mm-hmm. if, if he's hurting you that much it's it's tough so yeah it, it's it's really taking a turn fast for Talbot I, I didn't think it would get this bad this quickly <laughs> uh, but that's goaltending right like that's yeah I agree I that's agree. A, that's a zero g strategy too like you rarely ever solve it in in one sort of swoop right it's you have to kind of go from one goalie to the next and yeah Talbot was great for a while and now he's not so much mm-hmm uh, one goalie that we were both pretty high on, uh, at least relatively speaking, was Uko Pekka Lukanen. Uh, back-to-back shutouts. I, w- I didn't put too much stock on it because it's the Hawks and Sharks, right? So, like, I mean, how tough can it be? Um, I thought the telling game was the uh, the Avs game. Um, but I think the Sabres played quite well in that game. And so I couldn't get a real good read on it. But I do think for the rest of the season, like, Lukanen's the guy, right? Definitely. And he played good 
good against the, uh, the Canucks last weekend. Um, yeah, he did. He did. Good, good against the Lightning the other day, right? Yeah, sorry, it's the, the Lightning, not the Avs. Yeah, <laughs> got, the lo- got the loss, but uh, good, played well there too. So, yeah, I think he's definitely the guy. Um, I was listening to some Buffalo Sabres beat reporters talking about maybe Levi's going to head back down again to the AHL at some point here. Yeah, playing time, right? Yeah, yeah just to get yeah. some games in. Um, but again, like, so the challenge I think with UPL is, you know, people are asking, do I drop someone asked, I think someone asked me, do I drop like Talbot for UPL? Right. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a tough one because he's playing a lot better right now than Talbot is, but the Sabres aren't very good. I don't think <laughs> they so got how, a nice little schedule coming up though. Cause they're going through California. Yeah. So they got the ducks and the sharks and the two of their next three games. But I, I was hoping for more from the lightning games. Cause they only got 15 shots on goal mm-hmm. and I wanted to see more just to see how Luke and would respond. And, and I mean, it's great that the team in front of him played played much better. But I, I do think Lukanen has some value as far as tr- dropping Talbot for Lukanen. I think that's a bit of a high risk move, but I do think yeah. that can pay off. Yeah, but it's the conundrum of like dropping struggling goalie on good team for goalie playing really well on bad team, right? Yeah, like briefly, it's, right? Like Luke. Yeah, there's pros and cons, right? From a month from now. Yeah, yeah, you could be regretting it in a week, but it could yeah. also help you win a couple matchups in the next mm-hmm. couple weeks, and maybe save your playoff spot. So mm-hmm. yeah, right. Interesting. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, another interesting team, uh, the Ottawa Senators. So Shane Pinto's back. Uh, Josh Norris is back. He, um, and Ridley Gregg has moved to the wing. Uh, there's no shortage of wingers for any of these centers to play with. If they want to run four, if they want to run three. Um, but I, I do think that maybe the point starts getting spread out a little bit more. So maybe you fade Josh Norris a little bit here. Yeah, it depends on sort of how that – it's so hard to say after just kind of one game with with Pinto being back, like how they're going to kind of set that mm-hmm. lineup going forward. Um, and that's a lineup that's been been changed so much too, right? I think Tarasenko's on the third line still. Yeah, um, he's like second, third line. and then Yeah, they've really spread out. Like you said, they kind of spread it out more this year. Um, but yeah, Greg was really good when when Norris and Pinto were out. I imagine it's going to be hard for him to keep up that pace with both of them back. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's the Sens are one of those teams that like they're not very good, but they have a lot of good. <laughs> they should be on they, paper. They have, a, they have a lot of good fantasy players, right? Like more than like we just talked about the Oilers, like how mm-hmm. kind of you know outside of the, the you know these five forwards, there's not that many guys to roster. You could argue like the Sens have. A, a ton six of six or seven yeah right maybe. and then some yeah. a lot of guys on d they don't have a goalie obviously you really want a roster but they do have a lot hey, of so guard one put some respect <laughs> in that name <laughs> yeah man so guard might be the best one uh i was saying that a couple years ago i think philip gustafson was their their best goalie and they traded him but um yeah i think like you could look at a lot of players in that top nine and, and roster them even like mm-hmm. you know they've had some different guys step up so yeah, I don't think they're like a team you want to shy away from just because, you know, they're not doing well in the standings. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as that three uh, 
defensemen go. Jake Sanderson, Thomas Shabbat, and Jacob Chikrin. I still can't make heads or tails of it. Um, but I imagine if they move Jacob Chikrin, which, I mean, seems like a possibility, seems like they like Shabbat and Sanderson a lot more, uh, you got to think that once he gets moved, that Shabbat and Sanderson get a lot more uh, fantasy value as well, or at least a little boost, right? You don't have to split that many minutes. Yeah, it's been tough to figure out for sure. I've I've had Sanders. I drafted Sanderson, so I've just been leaning on him all year. Um, he to me, he's been the most consistent. He's yeah, been in the lineup sure. all the time. Shabbat, you know, has been hurt a bunch. Um, Chicken's been inconsistent. So, and Sanderson looks like he's going to be great in the long term. Like he looks like in the yeah, future, he's going to sure. be a really great player. But yeah, I, I think if Chickering gets dealt, um, it'll obviously help both of them. They'll be like you know power play one, power play two. They won't be splitting time as much. Um, they'll probably get a little bit more minutes each of them. So yeah, Chickering is like you know we could talk about him. He went from being like a a must-have fantasy guy in, in Arizona. Now it's he's kind of really fu- trying to find his footing. I'm interested to see where he where he gets traded to. Yeah, it's true. Uh, another defenseman who's struggling but probably never going to leave town uh Moritz Sider on Detroit <laughs> um I'm a little surprised Gosses Bear has held down the power play job for so long um I just think Sider's uh, a great option on there but in, in multi-category leagues I feel like most Sider still has a lot of value with the peripherals yep still fine for hits and blocks um I just wonder like he's got one point in 11 games my biggest concern is he only has 11 shots over that stretch so that's one mm-hmm. one shot per game he's averaging that's not mm-hmm. very good at all I was actually looking at it um the other day I think he if you look at his offensive zone starts mm-hmm. they've been trending down since the his other way year. Yeah. yeah so like he's not he's he's under 40 percent this year I think he's like 38 something mm-hmm. offensive zone starts so it almost feels to me like, and it's it's still early in his career, but it seems like he's going to be a really good, solid defenseman, but just might be one of those guys that is better in real life than fantasy. Doesn't maybe not a huge point producer. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it just feels like they're trying to lean on him more as just like a big minutes guy, defensive guy, and they're not necessarily concerned about you know getting him on the top power play, getting him that that offensive zone time. So we'll see. Yeah, agreed there. Um, forwards john Tavares. uh maybe we should have brought him up a little bit earlier but hey maybe his next extension with the leafs is uh gonna be way cheaper <laughs> let's hope <laughs> i mean he's he's been struggling a little bit right like he's also one of the been the, the most consistent forwards in fantasy like you're getting you know 70 80 points year in and year out but now he's really struggling um he's getting the shots i wonder if he's just snake bit a little bit i think that's definitely part of it i think you know, he hasn't doesn't have a point in seven games. That's the longest drought as a leaf. Um I think I mean, it, his plus minus looks terrible too. Like he's yeah. been on the ice for a lot of you know, and, yeah. And he's actually been like his minutes have been cut a little bit. He was benched yeah. last weekend against the Avalanche for mm-hmm. like almost a period. Um I think anyone that's watched the Leafs for the last closely for the last two years, like you can tell he's lost a, a step or he's not he never had he, one. <laughs> yeah, or he's not like driving <laughs> not driving play as much. But I think yeah. he's he was able to kind of mask that with his power play production and i think mm-hmm. this year if you look at it he only has 10 power play points he had mm-hmm. he had 39 last year so he's pacing for about half that this year and that's kind of where you know he was able to kind of to kind of feast is getting those power play points so he's still kind of keeping up his point per game pace so this is the first time i think we're seeing that sort of losing a step impact his his fantasy numbers because yeah he was just mr reliable you know 80 points for the longest time and now i think he's looking at you know 60 65 points this year 
mm -hmm. um, unless something drastic changes. So obviously, you know, still an asset, like you said, still going to shoot, um, still great on faceoffs if you have that in your league. But obviously come come this uh, fall and draft time, you're probably going to going to knock him down a few rounds if he's suddenly a 65 point player compared yeah. to an 80 point player. I, I mean, without the scoring and with a lot of faceoff wins and shots, he actually feels just like a better version of Nazem Kadri. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I think what's going. I think you said he, he's been snake bitten, so he's not going to be this yeah. bad for long. Yeah. And the Leafs do have like a really potent power play. So as long as he's on that power play, I know he hasn't produced as much this year. He's he's probably gonna. That's probably gonna pick up a little bit at some point, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. he's just kind of a guy that's you know, even though he's slowing, he, he's he's still in a pretty good spot overall. So mm -hmm. trending the other way, Uri Slavkovsky. Um, oh. What's your yeah? What's your take on this guy? Like, I I feel like he's improved. Probably not yep. as as like as quickly or as fast as most people want him to to be. I mean, granted, he's only like nineteen years old. But what do you see from him from a fantasy standpoint? I think the biggest takeaway I'd have right now, um, just watching him a little bit lately, is I wouldn't write him off yet. You know, I think a lot of people are just so frustrated with him. But you know, he's got. I was I was saying the other day, he's got like ten points and. 15 games last 15 games like mm -hmm. not not phenomenal but you know a lot better he's playing Enough. on the top line yeah. with with caulfield and uh suzuki. suzuki he's getting he's getting good minutes now i think he's getting a little more trust and i always i always say you know he's got this he's got the size right like he's 6 3 you know 230 he's a big guy like you, you just don't give up on a player that quickly um and, and we all knew like that draft was not there was not like a generational talent at the top of that mm -hmm. draft as we've seen in, in recent years doesn't mean he can't be like a productive player someday you know like a 60 65 point player maybe like an Alexi Lafreniere <laughs> yeah right like so I think um if you have him in a keeper league I probably wouldn't panic just yet I think you're probably pretty happy to see some of these strides and yeah he's, he's still young he's he's gonna play more hopefully and, and just get better Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, one player that I actually uh, really like right now with the new deployment is Wyatt Johnson on the Stars. So he's replaced uh, Joe Pavelski on the right wing on the top line with Robertson and Hintz. Um, I think this is a great spot for Wyatt Johnson. I think he's going to get a huge uh, fantasy boost because of it. Two multi-point games in his past three games. Pavelski drops to a veteran line with Jamie Benn. A little slower, but really smart and crafty and probably really tough to play against. Uh, why Johnson's only 20 I think the I think he has a really high ceiling um what do you think his fantasy value is rest of season assuming he uh, stays in that spot pretty good I mean I like that stars top line obviously um I think yeah. they have it's they've been Just pretty a more speed with uh Johnson there and creativity for sure he's yeah. obviously getting up there um and they've been one of the teams that like Dallas was kind of really resistant to to juggling lines and juggling that top six in recent years, but now they're yeah. they're kind of doing it. So that's great for for Johnson. Actually, somebody asked me um, a question this week, uh, and I think it was I can't remember if it was I think it was Byfield or Johnston for the rest of the season. Ooh, that's but, tough. Yeah, it was a good question, and I I think obviously in in a one year league it's a lot more close. I mean, in a keeper, I think you'd probably still say byfield but from a fantasy perspective though i don't know yeah it, it's, it's a close one right like it made me think um like in real life i think i prefer byfield yeah i i think so too but production wise i can always see johnston maybe outscoring byfield probably not by a lot 
but I think there's a potential there because I just think Johnston's a bit more of a craftier offensive player. And with the way the, the stars play now, especially Robertson and Hints on his line, I, I think that's a high upside line. Um, and it also depends on your categories. Um, I, I still get the feeling at some point they're going to move Byfield to center. Uh, if Johnson stays a wing uh, for a few more years, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, it so, looks like they tried it the other night with Byfield. They moved him down to center for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think I think they moved. Du- <laughs> That's because Pierre Luc Dubois is a fraud. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they moved Dubois up for a bit with. Uh, yeah, they did. Kempe and Kopitar, but yeah, I, I I think I would like. Here's what I when I kind of look at it, I always try to judge who would I value more if they got bumped down off their line, and I mm-hmm. think it's probably Byfield. Um, as long as you play center, yeah. Yeah. But right now, yeah, you could make an argument if Johnson is with Henson Robertson, yeah, that he potentially has more value right now. So yeah. it's interesting. I, I I would probably change my mind 50 times for yeah. the next five years. But right They're both now, good I, options. Yeah. yeah I, right now, I, I think I'd probably lean Johnston. Yeah. I, anyway. I think that's fair right now at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. We got some mailbag questions, so let's just uh, get through these because these are kind of interesting, I think. Okay, so uh, SF, he asks, um, do you think Martin HS is a good rest of season ad? He was effective yesterday on the fourth line. Do you think he move up to the top six soon? Now, we should start with the caveat that any <laughs> Hurricanes player not named Aho or Sveshnikov <laughs> always has their fantasy value capped. Sveshnikov is uh, injured. He's not playing. Uh, he's not expected to play. Um, so we shall see who moves up, but I, I do think there is the, always the risk of Natchez not being able to move up the lineup and getting the ice time he needs to score points. I think that's true. I just can't imagine he's going to be on the fourth line for long. No, he's like, not. Like, I mean, like, he's going to move up. Yeah. Are there nine better forwards than Martin Natchez on the Carolina Hurricanes right now? Like, <laughs> like they got to find a place for this guy. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I think it's more that he was just starting there and Brendan Moore just yeah. like, moves guys up and down all the time. I agree. I, I think Natchez is a top six, clear cut top six forward. Um, but as a rest of the season ad, yes, absolutely. You're getting 60, 70 point pace for the rest of the season. You're probably not going to get like the elite line one sort of production though even if he moves up to that line no but i think i think someone that you know is worth gambling on it's probably him given where yeah. he's at i mean now. it's not tw- terravinen for sure yeah and uh, he's he's gonna move up at some point i think yeah yeah i agree and, and i mean kakaniemi is playing on the fourth line right right now and, and he was their second line guy for the longest time and i mean he had that one little hot stretch i think it was in like november but that was about it right yeah the hurricanes are interesting it's like brindamore doesn't it's almost like in the way Tortorella scratches guys, Brendan Moore just like moves guys all over the place. So <laughs> it's hard to get too comfortable there. <laughs> okay. So like from a fantasy standpoint, which coach scares you more Tortorella or Brendan Moore? I think it's Tortorella. Uh, Cause yeah, guys just pro- won't play at all. It's probably Tortorella. Cause it, it could, yeah. Cause he'll just out of the blue. Yeah. Just scratch something. Uh, well, I mean, I think he has good reasons. It's just that it feels like he brings the hammer pretty hard. Yeah. And know? it doesn't matter who you are. Like, like yeah, Travis Konechny, if he has a bad week, could could get scratched. Like I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, he had Cam Atkinson forever in Columbus. Yeah, right? oh, he yeah. had like one or two bad games, and he sat him. Yeah, you got to respect that in a way. But oh, yeah. for sure, a hundred percent. I love Tortorella. If yeah. I was a hockey player, like a real life hockey player, <laughs> I would love to play for Tortorella. Yeah, I think I probably would too. Just yeah. <laughs> if I was a fan of a team, I think I'd like him because yeah, for sure, he wins. He and he turns teams around. So. He fits Philly perfectly. 
Yeah, he does. It's a good. He pick. is absolutely a historic Eastern Conference franchise type of coach. Yeah, basically, if you have a team that you want to turn around, like hire John Tortorella. I think that's yeah. that's what it is. Uh, this next question from Fuzzy Dunlop on Twitter slash X: Would you rank Bennett over Suzuki rest of the season? Goals, assists, power play points, shorthanded points, short on shot on goals, hits, blocks. Um, this is interesting because at the time Bennett was kind of playing. Well, he's been their number two center, but he was playing a little more minutes because Barkov is injured and Stoll is injured. Um, but I think this is pretty easy for me. I think it's Nick Suzuki, just even based on the power point production. Really, I, I don't know. Like I. You got hits in there, right? Like Bennett, Bennett for hits and and blocks and Bennett. I Bennett, Bennett gets power play time too, right? But not. Yeah, but I think Suzuki gets it has more of a central role on power play, and he scores more points on the power play. I think that category is a lot harder to fill than than hits or blocks. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's I, I could be probably talked into Bennett, but yeah, I think I would ultimately go go Suzuki. But you know, Bennett, it wouldn't shock me if someone said Bennett, especially with Barkov ailing like I, I think well he, anton lundell actually is playing a lot better because he's the one playing with reinhardt right i know and, L- lundell i've had for like two seasons and i swear, uh, yeah, I, I, swear I, I would never roster him again that's <laughs> my grudges but he's just so <laughs> like yeah he seems like more of a defensive player to me but mm-hmm. yeah and even with uh even if we consider hits and blocks i actually think suzuki has some value there too because it uh, he blocks like a fair amount of shots and yes, Bennett hits more, but I don't think it's like that much more, significantly more where you really lose um, a lot of ground because you gain so much in the other categories. No, and I, and I also think Bennett's probably more of an injury risk than Suzuki, which you have to, because yeah. of the style of play, you have to always factor that in too. So, yeah. yeah. And on any given night, I think Suzuki will play more minutes. So to me, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's as close as maybe you. So I, I prefer Suzuki. Okay. Uh, last question. This is from Jake on Twitter. Uh, thoughts on Pavel Dorofeyev, uh, line one and power play one on Vegas. Uh, Vegas is a very interesting team right now. Tons of injuries. So Dorofeyev is playing on the top line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Stevenson, by the way, great pickup um, yeah. as long as Eichel and Carlson are out. Um, but players like Dorofeyev, very talented offensive players, but limited limits or limited minutes and a bit of boom or bust. So it really depends on the matchup. I feel like he's more of a streaming player. 100%. And I think Vegas has four games coming up this week. So great time mm-hmm. to take a chance on him. But yeah, I, I don't see um, I don't see much long-term value there. Like I, I think Alec Martinez is on power play one right now. Like I, <laughs> I don't think these, it's a bit of a, a mess there right now with all the, the injuries they have. But I think eventually um, a lot of these guys will, will fall sort of back down to their slots. But yeah, it, 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 I mean, that's what you do in fantasy hockey. You capitalize on guys getting yeah. a boost in, in deployment, and he is right now. So yeah, you could take a risk on him. It's a good week with their schedule. If Alec Martinez scores points consistently, he might be the best <laughs> defenseman in banger leagues. Oh, 100%. It's just like we were talking about this, this off air. It was just like, yeah, he gets hurt all the time, right? That's that's the problem. Well, when, you, I mean, when you block a million shots, yeah. at some point you're going to get hurt. It's going to hit so, in a spot that is going to be really painful. Yeah, it's and, hard to trust him. Yeah, and honestly, Martinez is 36 years old. Like, I really wonder how long this his body is going to hold up, too. Yeah, so. and he's, his style of play, too. That's a, that's yeah. a lot of miles on that, on that body. <laughs> agreed, agreed. All right, we're reaching the end of this episode. Uh, give me your sleeper and keepers for the week. 
All right, so sleeper. This might be a deep sleeper, but Adam Boquist. I think so. <laughs> um, he's getting – he's got four points in his last five games, playing a lot, uh, playing well over 20 minutes here recently. Um, he's on power play one. I think he's a good guy to look at with uh, with Zacharowski Hurts. I think the Blue Jackets also play four times this week, so you get some volume out of him. And, yeah, just give him – Give him a chance if you need a D, see what he does. Um, he's been producing and, and playing a lot. So I, I think uh, he has some value in, in the short term. Right. You're you're not concerned about, you know, Provorov or maybe even Jake Bean. Steady, steady. Um, yeah, not not right now. I think because Bokus has kind of been playing really well lately. So I think he's going to, if you're if you're grabbing him as a streamer for the week, I think he's probably going to gonna be okay. But yeah, beyond that, obviously, I have concerns. Rogwenski is also going to come back at some point, and, and that would hurt Bokus, obviously. So Right. Uh, keeper, uh, keeper. We kind of touched on him earlier. Warren Fogle. Um, mm. I think he's kind of grabbed hold of that coveted sixth spot in the Oilers' top six. Fourteen points in fourteen games now. Um, you know, we talked about Connor Brown. He could not. He could not do it. He has not even <laughs> scored this year. They've tried some other guys up That's there. That's amazing. Ryan. He hasn't scored. Yeah, it's wild. Um, they actually have to. And I think we. I was reading today. I think they actually have to make some kind of move to get uh, Perry like to get under the cap with Perry. So I don't know if mm. they're going to send somebody down or, or what they're going to do there. But I wonder if like, does Connor Brown go on waivers or something like, um, we'll, we'll he see. seems like the most logical choice, right? Yeah. Like we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, Fogel right now looks great in that spot. Um, he seems like the, the guy that has the most staying power of the players they've tried there. The, the one player I wonder about is Dylan Holloway. Cause he's waiver exempt. And yeah. I just think for a team that wins now, I don't know how much Holloway adds, mm-hmm. um, especially as a bottom six role player right now, uh, for especially as a young guy. Um, my sleeper of the week, uh, we kind of touched on him. As long as Barkov is out, I like Anton Lundell. Sam Reinhart seems like his heater is going to go on all season. <laughs> I, I've been calling for him to like fall off the cliff a little bit, but he just Damn. hasn't. Yeah, I, no, he, he's I, beyond... I, he, He's beyond the point of sell high. Like he, he's just keep him at this point. Like uh, he was a big sell high guy uh, earlier in the year. Now mm-hmm. he's just he's playing too well. Just hold hold on and, and see where it goes. Like, yeah, agreed. Uh, my keepers for this week, we touched on them earlier. I think Arturi Lekkinen is going to great get great deployment in uh, in the Abs lineup. Doesn't matter where he plays. I think he's going to play quite a bit with uh, Rantanen or McKinnon um, in that whatever configuration they have and the other one's chandler stevenson i I picked two keepers this week chandler stevenson to me um, has a ton of upside when he gets the deployment that he's been getting um playing top line with uh mark stone and dorafea who you mentioned earlier has some offensive ability so those are my picks of the week i I do believe vegas plays four games this week yeah i think he said yeah yep so i like the stevenson pick like he like you said if he gets top six minutes he can score like he's Mm -hmm. he's at 60 points the last two years Mm -hmm. so in a good spot yeah okay all right that does it for this episode i hope you enjoyed it uh remember to connect with us and send us your questions if you have any uh at jason chen 16 and at amato underscore mike on twitter slash x um thank you for listening uh please subscribe follow give us a like and wait for our new episodes that drop every monday at 11 a.m eastern thank you